0: The recent news that the Supreme Court might overturn Roe v. Wade has prompted many friends to ask for prayers for that to happen, and has made me curious to find out more about the history of that ruling from 50 years ago. I can't go too much into it now, but my understanding was that those in the legal community who referred to the ruling as judicial activism were correct. The trial never heard relevant arguments. Also, in reviewing the science, what we know now is much different than what we knew then, which is why, I think, it's good that the ruling is overturned. If pro-abortionists want to argue it again in court, let them do it. Maybe this time we will address the relevant argument, which has nothing to do with a woman's right to do whatever she wants with her own body, or whether the state can tell a woman what she can or cannot do with her life. The only argument that matters is whether an unborn human being should be considered a person in the legal sense and therefore be awarded all the basic human rights that all persons have, namely the right to life. These types of cases already exist. If a pregnant woman is killed and the unborn child dies, in many states that is considered a double homicide. In many states also, an unborn child whose mother is an addict has a right to protection from that addiction it's very simple. That's the argument. If we go back to court, both in Canada and in the United States, that's what the courts have to decide. Is an unborn human being considered a person under law? If so, there would be no argument in favor of abortion that would stand. Let's pray for that. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the and Light Hour. Hello, and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is... Billy Chan. Billy Chan. You can say your own name, Billy. It's so good <laughs> to be with you. Are you having a good Easter season?
1: It was very good. My parents...
0: I know! Tell us, tell us.
1: ...got baptized, okay? So, you uh, was so amazing. It was an amazing night. Uh, obviously, in Montreal, because they are, they, they are in Montreal... So in Montreal, there are still restrictions. So in the church, we still have social distancing. We still have those right. uh, uh, masks. Uh, it was very good. We have like 10 people, around 10 people baptized together.
0: Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So were they happy?
1: They are, they are very happy. And I I am very happy. My whole family now
0: That's wonderful.
1: is Catholic. So you, you, you can see my face now. You can see how... Happy I am, that's, and you know what? Yes. Let me tell you one more news. Sorry uh, to 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 talk too much, but uh, my mom uh, is going to have rosary every night with me.
0: Oh, really?
1: And yes, uh, every rosary, night. Every night.
0: Wonderful. Wow. Rosary
1: every night together. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Well, that is that's such. A, I would love to talk. Maybe we can just have do a whole ten minute interview just with you about <laughs> because you were baptized when you were. 10 or nine yeah. years yeah. old, yeah. And, and, and you married, your wife was not Catholic, and she's Catholic now, and your yes, parents were not Catholic, and they're Catholic now. What yes. a great story. Um, <laughs> so congratulations to, to you. your parents, Billy. Um, yes, wonderful news. So today, um, Mark Matthews is going to be with us, and Mark is going to tell us about something very good that happens in Hollywood once a month, so that's coming up in about five minutes. And then Billy, you have a question. I believe we're gonna continue the conversation we were having
1: As a you weeks know ago. me, I, I love politics. The question is about politics, church politics, how juicy it is, right? So okay. stay tuned. Okay, for
0: the so, so stay tuned for church politics. That's in about 15 minutes with Billy Chan, Church for Dummies. And then, um, I'm, I mean, but Billy, I, I'm sure you know all a lot of the pro-life arguments, arguments against abortion. You yes. just heard, I mean, you just heard me talking about, about overturning Roe v. Wade and that was, it has been in the news. Um, yeah. There's a new, there's a new documentary film. Uh, I, there are lots of documentary films about abortion and against abortion, but this is new film. I think is one of the better ones I've seen. It's called the matter of life. Have you heard of it?
1: No, never. The what
0: matter of called? life. It's a new pro-life film that looks at the history of the movement it explains a lot, of, a lot of the arguments against abortion. And of course, the timing couldn't be perfect because yeah. of the recent announcement, the, the leak that the Supreme Court might be overturning Roe v. Wade. So we're going to be speaking with the director of the film, Tracy Robinson, in our second half hour in about 25 minutes. So I'm very much looking, looking forward to that conversation, uh, The Matter of Life. And if people have not, if you're not able to hear the conversation, look up the film, The Matter of Life, It'll be in theaters in the United States on May 16th and 17th. And hopefully we can get it in Canada. I think it might be showing in Canada in relation with the March for Life, Mm. uh, but I'm not sure that's uh, something we need to find out. So conversation with Tracy Robinson uh, about the film, the matter of life in about 25 minutes. And then we're going to reconnect with John Finch, singer, songwriter, John Finch. Uh, We met John, uh, maybe four years ago in 2018 Mm -hmm. Um, since then he's been he's been touring and making music uh, and now he's got a few new releases that I believe are going to end up being a new album but so far he's doing singles so we're going to be listening to uh, some great music uh, from John Finch and uh, then we're also going to be speaking with John at the end of the show in about 45 minutes and so if you're not going to be around for that Billy what do people need to do?
1: has to go to everywhere, find our pod- podcast in uh, Spotify, Google, uh, Facebook, everywhere, or our website. S- everywhere. everywhere.
0: Exactly. So or the website is slmedia.org, or like Billy said, everywhere where you can get podcasts, you can find the Salt and Light Hour. And when you're there, make sure you give us five five stars, seven stars, ten stars. If lots you have ten,
1: please put ten, okay? And that way lots of people
0: can find out about the show as well. Anyway, so Let's start. Here is John Finch and The Vigil Project with their new song, All Things New. Oh giver of life
2: Oh maker of light Send on from on high To break upon The darkness and shine The arrow that flies The terror of we will not fear because you're here, you're on our side. So let every battle you fight, speak of the war you have won. Let every shadow you light, see that you're
0: was john finch and the vigil project with their new song all things new and singing there with john was andrea thomas and we're going to be speaking with john finch in about 35 minutes so i hope that you'll stick around for that if not visit us at slmedia.org podcast where you can listen to all our programs now it's time for what's good in hollywood with our hollywood undercover missionary mark matthews
3: Mark. Hello, Deacon Pedro. Always Hello. a pleasure Hello. to be here.
0: Always a pleasure to have you and, and always a pleasure to hear all the good things that are happening on a monthly basis. All- Is this happening on a monthly basis in Hollywood? Uh,
3: there are good things happening. And yes, this particular thing I'm going to talk about actually happens on a monthly consistent basis.
0: Amen. Tell us all about it.
3: Yeah. So so when I first moved to Hollywood and met other Christians and Catholics, I invariably heard, oh, we're gonna do big things for God. You know, which, which <laughs> on the surface of it is great. You know, I mean, hey, we, we should be trying to do big things for God. Um, but quite often, whatever these things were, they would launch with great pomp and fanfare, but then seem to fizzle out pretty quickly within like a year or two. And it sort of I don't know the pattern I saw was what I would call ego piggybacking on faith, people saying they want to do big things for God, but really you're kind of doing them for yourselves a little bit, you know, right, so, you know, and it's not just it's not that you can't do big things for God and that we shouldn't try to it's just that it's very difficult and so kind of uh, a thought that sort of brewed in my mind was I, and granted, like I am, I espouse the sort of spirituality of Catherine Doherty from Madonna House, who talks about doing little things with great love. And so the, the thought that kind of grew in my mind is I think it's far better to do small and probably unknown things, but consistently than rather doing something big that dies out quickly. And I thought a great example of this, of something that I've seen for my whole time while I've been in Hollywood here, I think it's been going on for 15 plus, if not 20 years, um, is an event called Prayer and Pasta that Family Theater holds. And so you probably know all about Family Theater, being a board member.
0: I do know all about Family Theater. And yes, thank you. um, But I've never been in, (gasps) I've never been there for Prayer and Pasta. Yeah,
3: well, and and so this is, this is kind of the interesting thing. So Family Theater was founded by Father Patrick Payton, and he's known for doing these big prayer rallies and getting celebrities involved in the 50s and whatnot. mm -hmm. But this, this event that they have, prayer and pasta, it's very simple. It's basically you get together for mass, for a meal, pasta, easy to make, and for a speaker, and its primary audience is for the actors and the creators, the creatives in Hollywood. So, you know, it's not a kind of a very public thing. I might say it's kind of hidden. Uh-huh. Um, but I would argue potentially that I think this initiative that they've done has done more good than many other initiatives that I've seen. And mm. the way, the way, when I thought about it, when you do something that's simple like that, you do it consistently. that the tone of the gathering kind of takes starts to take on the feel of family you think about family it's like oh yeah you have family for the long run you don't do anything big you know hollywood worthy with family but you know you just kind of get together Mm -hmm. you know and so it's kind of this it this structure that they've created of just getting together on a monthly basis having mass a meal and a speaker is incredibly supportive and it's incredibly supportive to creatives the aspiring actors writers and directors who have left their families usually in other parts of the country to be creatives in Hollywood and missionaries but then it's also an inviting family to lost souls who come Mm. to Hollywood of which there are no shortage of those I can imagine yeah yeah as I've shared many times we've talked about this yeah so and, and, and the stories I've heard is there's been a lot of conversions that have happened through this ministry of family theater. Um, you know, people come, they get interested in the faith, they learn about, they meet people. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, I thought about it, I'm like, oh, it's no surprise that they call it family theater, yeah you know, and, and, and so to me it was, it's just, I think an excellent example that quite often God is not asking us to do big ginormous things with fireworks and pop and laser beams and crazy things. It's like do simple things, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for the love of God. And you might argue that the Bible is nothing but stories of God working through little things.
0: True. Yeah, that's true.
3: 12, 12, nobody fishermen, you know, in the middle of some small podunk country, you know, kind of a thing yeah um and and so so it's it's been an interesting thing i've seen the whole time i've been here in hollywood is that quite sometimes some aspects of our faith are fundamentally at odds with sort of the quote-unquote bigness of hollywood um and and not that they can't be merged just that it's very difficult you know i think it requires a lot of spiritual maturity to, to 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 do big things authentically for god and not for yourself so uh, so so yeah, so I mean my take home question is kind of what I would ask people is like well what little things might God be asking you to do, um, and some small thing I'm not not to blow my own horn I mean here I am negating all the good of anything small I might be doing. But, but like I just, I have a, I do a Sunday brunch uh, every month or two, and I throw it in honor of the most obscure saint I can find, or the saint with the weirdest name, uh, you know, for the most frivolous reason, and just, and you know, invite people over. and I, But I've been doing that, trying to, I kept it simple, and I tried to do it consistently. Um and I hope it's, I hope it's created, you know, some good, hopefully another sense of a small family somewhere in Hollywood to, to bring people in. So
0: probably, probably. And you've never invited me. So I don't know. Well, like, you oh.
3: live halfway across the continent, but you did you invite know, you me.
0: Just, no, you did you, invite me to your brews and, and. Uh, oh,
3: Bibles and brews. Yes. Bibles and
0: brews, which is the same kind of idea. And, yeah. and I, I think that, that, I mean, in a way to bring it back to father Patrick Payton, I think that he was also thinking, he wasn't thinking, I mean, he was thinking Hollywood, but it was a very simple thing. Let's get Bing Crosby to do a little radio play. And it was a very simple thing. And it was about family and look at where they are now celebrating their 75th anniversary. Yeah. um, This huge thing. And I mean, they're doing some bigger things, but there's still small projects that they're working on and it's little by little, you change hearts.
3: And that's true. And, and the film pray about Mm -hmm. Father Patrick Payton that came out, like his, his goal was very simple. It was just pray the rosary. I just want to get people to pray the rosary. That's that's it. How, however I can.
1: That's it. And so it's like, he
3: he didn't want to make millions and become a household name or anything.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it didn't matter to him if it was a million people praying the rosary, or if it was a family of five praying the rosary let's just pray the rosary. And I think he would have been just as happy if it was just five people praying the rosary. But of course he did get millions praying the rosary and uh, through prayer and pasta, uh, family theater continues that legacy. um, Oh yeah. By touching hearts. Thousands
3: of people. Exactly. And
0: and, yeah, and maybe it's only one night. It might be only five people that show up. Sometimes 20 people show up. Sometimes maybe 50 people show up. It doesn't matter because it's not about that. It's about the family. Um, So thank you for, so maybe people can keep, family theater and prayer and pasta in their prayers.
3: Yes. Absolutely. As
0: that ministry continues, very important gra- grassroots ministry that's taking place in Hollywood. Uh, and also we can keep uh, Mark's brunch and Bibles and brew.
3: There we go. Our yeah. little, but don't tell little... people about it. I'm trying to keep it humble. Okay. Keep it
0: humble. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, and next time I'm in Hollywood, I'll try to be there on a Sunday so that I can get yeah. invited to the brunch.
3: Thank you, Mark. Jump on Thank your you. jet. Okay.
0: Thank you for the little things you're doing.
3: Absolutely thank you for having me here
0: what's good in hollywood with mark matthews our undercover hollywood missionary you can follow him at hu missionary
4: hi i'm jackie minton catholic singer songwriter and you are listening to the salt and light hour with deacon pedro
0: if you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again go to our website slmedia.org and uh, check out our podcasts all our programs are archived there and now it's time for
1: Church for Dummies
0: with Billy Chan, who's been sitting here patiently listening to all our segments. Um, you have a question, a politics question. I thought it was a priest's question.
1: Yeah, priest, you know, whenever you touch priest is politics. You know that, right? You know, you know, church settings. Okay, so, okay, I get it. <laughs> so, you know, like this episode, I really want to clear some myth. Okay. What we we think over the, the truth, okay? So first, somebody actually, uh, uh, I mean, some priests actually say that, uh, tell me that I have no boss. I have no boss, okay? So is it really there's okay. no boss? So what I really want to talk about is about the hierarchy of the church. Right. Now, we have, we, we see a lot of priests, we see we see bishops, and we see actually associate Pastor, and we have pastor, and then on top of it, we have archbishop, bishop, archbishop, and then we have cardinal, and then we have the pope. So, are they all like linked together? Different hierarchy, a lot of people, secretary things like that yeah no
0: that's a very very good question and 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 it is a continuation of the conversation we were having last time yes um about the role role of priests. what does a priest do Um, what's the difference between a pastor and associate pastor Um, and we've spoke about it a little bit in terms of the hierarchy so i don't know should we start at the bottom or do we start at the top of the hierarchy
1: i think everyone wants to know that the pope first so the the
0: the pope is the uh the 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 leader of the church um but the pope is a bishop
1: oh yeah he's the bishop of rome right
0: he's the bishop of rome that i always find a little confusing because i think he should just somebody else should be the bishop of rome of course he's got auxiliary bishops that take care of the the archdiocese of rome he is the leader of the church He's of course a head of state as well because the Vatican is a country so, so he's the head by of the
1: state. way so he's not the president or the king no of no, no exactly
0: so that's a misconception so the church is not a corporation the pope is not the CEO so he's not the head of the church in that sense he's the t- head of the church in that he's the shepherd he's the leader of the, of a, of our our he's our faith leader okay, okay. so but he's not the the, the uh the the president in that oh. sense, that he he can't he doesn't hire or fire people, for example, okay. right? There would be there would be a dicastery in Rome that is in charge of making bishops, um, and I so su- I mean I suppose the Pope could
1: yes, if if, if it was necessary, power, but
0: right? it, that's very rare. The Pope that would never make it up to the Pope because there are other other people whose roles are to take care of who's a priest and who's not a priest. So you have the Pope. Then just below the Pope, in terms of the hierarchy, mm-hmm. you have the other bishops. So the Pope is part of the College of Bishops okay? because he's just a bishop like all the bishops. So when we talk um, about the Synod or the yes. College of Bishops, the, syn- the, the Synod of Bishops, that's, that's the Pope with all the bishops. So those are all, anybody who's a bishop is part of that college, that, that, that group of bishops. Um, some bishops are archbishops. Yes. Okay. And the only difference between a bishop and arch- an archbishop is that the 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 region that they oversee is different. So I an art- an archbishop oversees an archdiocese and a bishop oversees a diocese. But in terms of their authority, they have full authority over their own diocese. An archbishop is not above the bishop.
1: Oh. So the okay, archbishop
0: okay, is not a, so uh, now the only thing where where you could see that maybe the archbishop is kind of the boss of the bishop is when you have an archbishop and then you have auxiliary bishops but they are assisting assisting the bishop so in, in the archdiocese of Montreal for example or mm-hmm. the archdiocese of Toronto that is I, I believe the largest archdiocese in Canada you have an archbishop and then there are four, four. auxiliary bishops but, but each bishop has their own region. So in their own region, they are the bishop, and then they assist the archbishop in all the four regions. Now, why is it an archdiocese? Because that would have been the original diocese. And then as different dioceses kind of break out from it, so Toronto would have been a diocese. And then as London is created and Peterborough is created and St. Catherine's, all those break off. So that's why Toronto is the archdiocese. And then all the other ones are dioceses, so yeah. that's the only difference. Now, sorry, other archbishops are cardinals, but like I said last time, a cardinal yeah, yeah, yeah. is not there. That's not part of the hierarchy. The cardinal is a is a title that is given to certain archbishops, so they join the College of Cardinals, and their role is to elect the Pope. That's all they do.
1: Okay, so uh, what we are talking about the Pope, Cardinal, Archbishop, and bishops. They are all bishops.
0: They are all bishops. They're all. So if you look at the hierarchy, they're all actually yeah. at the same level, at the same okay, level. Okay, So
1: so none of them uh, is part of any. No,
0: no. And that's that's you usually see that. I was going to say that's a that's a problem. <laughs> but but it, it you usually it causes confusion when people look at a conference of bishops for Mm -hmm. example. So every country has a conference of bishops. All those bishops are the same. There's no boss. So there might be a president of the conference, but all that president quote unquote is doing is that he's like chairing the meetings. Like he's, but he's not the boss of all the other bishops. Every bishop can do whatever they want in their own diocese, as long as it's, as long as it's not illegal or immoral, you know, like, so every bishop, it has full control of their own diocese. So the Pope, can't tell a bishop what to do in their own diocese.
1: Except for the cardinal are the only persons can vote for the pope, right?
0: Exactly. 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 Mm -hmm.
1: That's it. I see. Okay. So how about the priests? So, you know, each uh, um, parish, there are uh, priests, have
0: Yes. So you have a... So, so, So exactly. So every parish would have a priest unless it's a mission parish and somehow they have to share priests but usually a parish will have a priest if it's a large enough parish then they might have more than one priest Mm. if there are more than one priest actually no even if there's just one that what that one priest whoever's in charge of the parish is the pastor yes the pastor and then if there are other priests they are called associate pastors In Mm -hmm. other countries they might call them assistant pastors um or associate priests but i see so, so the pastor is in charge of the administration of the parish, and then the associates help him with the pastoral care of the parish.
1: So are uh, the bishops uh, their boss?
0: The bishop is the boss in the sense that the bishop assigns the pastors to parishes
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then kind of oversees. So originally, these roles came out of the, the, the apostles, So when the church first started at the time of the Acts of the Apostles, the apostles became what we call bishops, the overseers. They oversee the whole region. The elders are what we call the priests, the presbyters, the pastors. And then you have the deacons that were also called deacons in those days. And and deacons don't have an administration role. They just have a pastoral role in the parish. And And the deacons... Uh, have a vow of obedience to the bishop, not to the pastor. So the pastor is not my boss, although I have to work with my pastor because I'm in a parish. So the priests have a vow of obedience to their bishop or to their superior if they belong to a religious congregation. So in that sense, the bishop is a a bit of a boss to the priest because they have a vow of obedience. I also have a vow of obedience to the bishop, but I also have a vow of obedience to my wife. (laughs) She's my (laughs)
1: boss. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and okay so basically what I I'm, I'm listening here I think there're only two hierarchy here. Uh that's
0: is- the way I see it. Some people could disagree with me but that's the way I see it. You have I mean the pope I think that mm-hmm. you could say the pope is above the bishops mm-hmm. but he's a bishop. You have bishops and priests. That's it. That's
1: the wow. hierarchy. Oh I think you know this is uh, uh really interesting and I think uh, 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 there must be some kind of like, for example, you need to, uh, uh there's some, uh, a system that you need to follow. Otherwise it won't work. Right. Because, you know,
0: there are different. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is, is written into canon law. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then, yeah, so it has to do with how a bishop administrates a diocese, how a pastor administrates a parish, um, and different roles that, that they might have. Um, yeah, it's complicated. I, I uh, <laughs> It's simple but it's it can be complicated yes
1: yeah thank you thank you're very
0: welcome much. i know that was a lot of information but and i tried to simplify it i know it's not perfect but hopefully that helps people understand the hierarchy a little better thank you billy um i didn't say that the deacons are at the bottom of the hierarchy um <laughs> thank you billy billy is uh, always asking some good questions you can follow him at the joe chan second half hour, we learn all about the new film, The Matter of Life, and we reconnect with John Finch, all coming up. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, part two. I'm Deacon Pedro. The recent Supreme Court leak that appears to show that the court is ready to overturn Roe v. Wade has brought the abortion debate once more to top of mind and top of headlines. Of course, for those of us who live and breathe in the pro-life space, the issue of legalized abortion is always top of mind. Still, all of us have different approaches. Some use scientific arguments, others prefer philosophical ones, some lean on scripture to make their arguments, others think that it's important to understand the history and to understand the morality. The new film, The Matter of Life, makes all those approaches and more. Ultimately, it stresses that this conversation has to be entered into with understanding, with love and support. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Tracy Robinson. She's the director and producer of the film. Tracy, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: So why do we need a new pro-life film, Tracy?
4: Well, I wanted to create a film that really unraveled the abortion issue and clarified it. I wanted to make a film that were that was for people who are on the fence, and mm. uh, a film that didn't preach to the choir necessarily or the convinced, but really uh, helped shape helped shape people's worldview.
0: Was it your hope to try to present different kinds of arguments to try to connect with people wherever they are in the in the debate?
4: Yes. Um, so my intention was to. Uh, essentially communicate to that person who uh, doesn't really know where they stand on abortion or um, maybe they've been in church their whole life and they know it's important to be pro-life, but maybe they don't know why. Yeah. Um, And so um, because that was my experience when I first heard the pro-life message, I was uh, working I was doing video work for a pro-life pregnancy resource center in Ventura, California. Okay. And uh, they commissioned me to do videos uh, for their banquets and their promotional. Um, I was inspired by what they were doing for women uh, and helping them in their pregnancies. Um, But as for me, I was, I was pretty much um, on the, on the fence as well. I was uh, maybe personally pro-life at best. I was very apathetic about the abortion. An issue mm-hmm. and had really not um, given it much thought. Uh, and it wasn't until my friends at the pregnancy center, the staff there invited me to an apologetics conference. And that night it was going to be about the case against abortion. Okay. And I thought, well, <clears throat> well, I'll go in and hear what my pro-life friends are talking about. And in less than two hours, uh, the speaker, Alan Schliemann, of stand to reason uh, gave a clear, concise argument for the full humanity of the unborn child, and uh, my mind was blown. And I was immediately struck with this vision to make this a documentary film.
0: Wow, that, um, that I, was sorry to interrupt, but that was a, that was a while ago. So it was a long, long time in getting this. I'm curious to know what was that you said that it was specifically the argument, the, the case being made for the humanity. Or the personhood of the, yes. uh, the unborn? Tell us about that argument that won you over.
4: Well, I learned the science of embryology um, and the fact that life begins at the moment of conception. Um, and so essentially, I learned that, I mean, I, we all know it's wrong to intentionally kill an innocent human being. Um, and I had to grapple and, and come to to face the fact that abortion does that and therefore it's wrong. And right. so he, he also gave us the opportunity to look at abortion imagery, uh, the aftermath of abortion. Right. And so I was, I was just really struck by the truth in that moment.
0: Do you find that most people, let's say most Americans, most Canadians, and you said you were apathetic, that, that that's the reason that they, that they just really haven't spent enough time thinking about this issue because it hasn't touched them personally? And that that's yeah. why we need education?
4: Absolutely. I think that if we're just left to our own, uh, if we're just left on our own without any, um, anyone coming on the offense for our worldview and what we believe we're going to succumb to the culture and what we're, what we hear in the media and what we're being told in public schools. Um, that was my background as well. I was mm-hmm. uh, raised in public schools and my parents never talked about hard, hard topics. And I was very, in a very worldly environment, yeah, so to speak. Um, and it just uh, I just sort of subscribe to that ideology, um, which is very much kind of in the dark about the facts and, yeah. and not really willing to confront the facts.
0: Yeah, it's that narrative that's very prevalent in the media. People just don't think about it. Um, I, I can't not ask you about the leak and and the possibility of Roe v Wade being overturned. Do you think that this is the right time that we're, we're here? That, sorry, not that it's there, it, was, it could have been the right time 20 years ago, but the, the, because we're at the point now where there's more of a critical mass of people who are understanding the issue and understanding the arguments because of the work that people like you are doing, that now is the time?
4: Well, I think this documentary is so timely and I wouldn't have ever imagined right. uh, in my wildest dream that it would line up like this in the timing. Um, that, I believe, is the Lord. Um, but I feel like this movie, it, it is, uh, more important than ever
3: to, uh,
4: look at the truth, um, to go on this journey of discovering what you, uh, you know, what really abortion is so that you can make a meaningful argument, uh, when, um, confronted about this issue. And even more importantly, if you're a young adult in that situation, you know, what choices are really available to you.
0: Yeah, and I, that was something that really struck me from the film. That it wasn't just about presenting the arguments, although you did that very well, but also uh, presenting the options and 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 making it clear that for many young women, but a lot of them are young, that they choose abortion because really they feel that they have no other choice. Um, did you? Was there anything that you learned in making the film, or that really struck you?
4: Yeah, midway through, I had a big epiphany, uh, and I always knew that. Relig- you know, church-going people, uh, Christians were going to be my target audience, okay. but I didn't realize to the extent that the church in America needed to see this film, and so I came to a realization um, just through learning different two different st- statistics uh, that this film could possibly be a way a rallying cry for the church in America. Um, I learned that four in ten women who've had an abortion. Uh, attended church in the month they became pregnant, both Catholic and Protestant church, mm-hmm. and um, and then I learned, uh, particularly Protestant denominations in the United States, they are uh, overwhelmingly overwhelmingly silent or complicit on abortion, um, and so I figured, wow, those two those two statistics really correlate. And so um, that really hit me hard knowing that God's people are not taking a stand. Uh, I mean, there are amazing churches and Christians doing amazing things. That's, I mean, the the pro-life movement is made up of Christians Mm -hmm. um, primarily, but um, there's so much opportunity there that uh, the church in mass is not taking advantage of. Uh, You know, I, I really believe that the church can love love their congregation 40% more uh, when they're mm-hmm. confronting this issue. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you, and you, in the film, you present a very good option for churches that want to do that in terms of pro-life ministry in the parishes, Tracy. So the film, you said, it's, it's clear that your hope is that the film is for Christians. Um, it's not just for Christians, but it is primarily for Christians. Um, tell us how people can watch it.
4: Yes. Well, I'm excited to say that it's coming to theaters nationwide uh, in the United States, uh, May 16th and 17th, um, and they can go to matteroflife.org to get their tickets and get them early, uh, because um, right now, if, there, if there's not enough ticket sales, theaters will start to pull out and uh, make room for bigger, bro- uh, bigger blockbusters.
0: Right. Yeah. So that's always the case So great advice. So so get your tickets now, fill the theaters. If a lot of people want to watch the film, that's how it works. Theaters are going to want to keep the film in the theaters. That's the idea. Um, And unfortunately it's not in Canada yet, but we're going to work on how we can get the films the people in Canada can watch it as well. Um, Tracy, thank you again so much for the work that you're doing for making the film and for telling, telling us about it today.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Tracy Robinson is the director of the documentary, The Matter of Life. You can learn more about the film and find out where you can watch it at matteroflife.org. Remember, it will be in theaters on May 16th and 17th in the United States. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the program, go to our website, slmedia.org podcast. And here now is John Finch with his new single, My Surrender. I'm learning how to let go. So you can take control
2: When my worries seem to find me It's not a natural thing To give you everything But I know that you are for me You can have it all You can have it all I am drawing close This is my surrender. You can have it all. You can have it all. Your love is taking over. This is my surrender, Lord. You're stirring so deep in my soul. I see your grace unfold, it's only a matter of time, now my heart belongs to you Lord, you are my treasure, my reward, I fix my eyes on Jesus, you can have it all, you can have it all, I am drawn closer. This is my surrender. You can have it all. You can have it all. Your love is taking over Lord.
0: That was John Finch with his new single, My Surrender. We met John Finch in April 2018. He had just released his debut album, Wildfire. And since then, John has been traveling all over, headlining tours and performing at a variety of Catholic and evangelical events, including World Youth Day Panama in 2019. John is a founding member of the Vigil Project that we featured on this program. But over the last couple of years, John has... Been working on some new music, some new songs. We've heard a few of them already. And so it's a really good excuse to uh, catch up with him. John, welcome back to the Saltonite Hour.
5: Hi, Dick Pedro. Good to be with you today. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I know. I was uh, you, just to think that we met in 2018. We did not see each other in Panama in 2019. Um, yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's crazy that it was four years ago. So, like, I know that you've been doing work with the Visual Project, but how was how at least the the last two years the pandemic years how was that for you
5: yeah absolutely well it's it's great to be back with you and uh a lot has happened um i am a married man as a congratulations, congratulations yeah, yeah. So that's probably i would say the biggest the biggest, the biggest thing yeah thing. yeah absolutely and so that's been absolutely wonderful and a great adventure um my wife molly is the best um so uh musically um been releasing a lot of projects with visual over the last couple of years um and during covid you know we obviously came off the road uh, we all remember that weekend where the world shut down yeah and, uh, life looks so different um but fortunately uh we are back at it and busier than ever um i think there's just this uh, new sense of excitement um, across the the globe of just you know getting back mm-hmm. um, getting back and worshiping together as a church um and so that's kind of like what prompted uh just some of the new music that i've been working on um, just writing in this season of gratitude for for the goodness of god for the faithfulness of god everything that he's doing um, not only in my life um but just in the life of the church i believe um i you know i think we've experienced uh in these last couple of years that we have a god who gives and the god who takes away but mm-hmm. he's always faithful and he's always in the midst of it and he's never going to leave us abandoned he's always going to provide for us because he knows our every need and so um yeah that's where just kind of this this new project was born um and I'm excited. It's been a long time since since I put out music. So this is a long yeah, time coming and a ton of people working on it. And so we're just so pumped.
0: Yeah, no. And I love I love I love what I'm hearing. Um, just a question. So is, with the Vigil project, are you guys doing shows again? You're touring again? with vigil yeah
5: yeah so so we shifted kind of we were doing this this mission concert model but we've yeah well we're still doing that we're kind of shifting our focus to more adoration events, okay eucharistic events um nice. and we call them true presence nights and so we've been oh, doing that since nice. last last advent and then we went uh we did them again for lent uh, okay
0: great that's great. If people if people have not heard about the Vigil project, you should check them out because it's a wonderful, wonderful project. Um, and now, for yourself, other than you're writing music, I know you're releasing singles little by little. Are you also back to touring?
5: Yeah, yeah. So doing a little bit here and there. Um, I know Vigil has taken kind of a priority uh, in in a lot of uh, for a lot of events, and so. Um, outside of vigil yes still still doing um, my own booking and actually currently working on booking um for okay. basically now through the end of the year um nice. into, the, into next year as well you know uh, excited to get to share these songs um with people you know in person
0: yeah of course there's uh, i think that, that from from artists that i've spoken to and, and i know my own experience there's nothing like being live with people you know i mean there's something about being on stage but even just at a worship I, event in person. Like, yeah, I don't know. I
5: think I could do one more Zoom. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it's just
0: no. Uh, it's, but even, but even, but even, I, I know that some artists also they really enjoy being in the studio, right? Like, are you more of a stage or studio person?
5: I would. Say, I mean, I I love being with people. Yeah. Um I just, I there's just such a, uh, it's so powerful when you walk into a room and people are just excited and ready to worship. Yeah. Um, I think that gets me pumped. Um, I love the studio too. I think it's super vulnerable. It's a lot of fun. Um, mm. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a good time.
0: Yeah. I guess it's good to have a little bit of both and you have that balance. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by what you said about being in a season of gratitude. Is that what you said? Um, Cause the songs, so the three songs that, well, we've heard two of them, one is a vigil song, but all things new. That kind of is a season of gratitude. Um, but can I? Is it fair to say that even my surrender is also in that space?
5: Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned, we we've seen God. You know, He can give and then He can take away. But yeah. Is do we have faith to literally lay everything down? Um, do we have the faith to surrender our deepest desires, hopes, struggles, worries? Um, and and can we actually completely give it all to God and surrender? Um, and so yeah, my surrender is a worship, uh, it's a worship song um, that that really invites um, anyone who listens to kind of just break into that and break through the natural cycle of like I can do this on my own and actually turning to real honest dependence on God because he he literally provides for for every need and that, I think that's a reason to to be grateful or a, a reason to yeah gratitude, yeah.
0: I was thinking, and I was gonna ask you in your own personal life, because mm-hmm. I think it also works the other way around. Do you think you have to get to a place of surrender before you can really kind of enter into full gratitude or does it have to be the other way around? I, that-
5: I think so. I think when you begin to enter into the freedom that like, I don't have to do this on my own. Yeah. God who's willing to walk with me every step of the way. I think that kind of, moves us into a posture of gratitude, um, just realizing the, the authentic freedom that's actually taking place there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now we're going to end the show with a song that I, it is the one that's, that seems like it's more about gratitude. I will give thanks. <laughs> um, if, if these songs end up being on an album, is that going to be like the title track?
5: Well, I believe it's the title song. It's the first song um, on the project. So, okay. yeah, I mean, I guess the cat's out of the bag. It's all good. I'm excited. <laughs> that. I'm working on a, a new project. I've been releasing a couple uh, singles, and the EP is due to release very soon. So very excited about that.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. So people heard it here first. That's good to know. So um, EP, so yep. full length, how many yeah. parts?
5: Five songs for sure. And there may be some bonus songs, bonus content on there that that will be decided soon.
0: And so does that mean that you're still writing or you're you've written and you're just still recording?
5: Uh just the kind of post-production process of, of kind of deciding what songs are gonna be on there and whatnot. Yeah.
0: So do you I also find that interesting, that process, because it's different for everybody. Do you sure. do you so you have more than five songs? You know five for sure, but it might be more, it might be less. You're not sure some songs might not end up in the album.
5: Definitely five. And then we were talking about releasing. So we did a couple acoustic takes of some of the songs um, uh, that have video as well. So we were kind of talking around the idea of throwing those acoustic versions on the the project as well, which is something that I did uh, with my last project.
0: Yeah, and those are so good. And if the videos are like the videos you've done before, they're so good, people need to go check them out Um, because they're so simple. Like to me, I love the simplicity of that acoustic, the the sound, but also just from a video point of view. Do you, so is it going to be like a concept album? I'm trying to get more information, (laughs) can you tell? Uh, Is it going to be like a concept album?
5: No. And, and i'm not sure what you mean by concept album but
0: <laughs> well like a thematic like it's a kind of album you know like some albums you need to s- ideally sit and listen to the whole thing from beginning to end because there's like a narrative mm-hmm. or, or or an arc and uh, others is just a collection of songs that work really well together i guess that's kind of yeah. what i mean yeah
5: well the title of it which this is officially this is the i'm just the, the title of it is Let Faith Arise, and that is going to be another song that may be a single. Um, OK, maybe the third, the the third single to release prior to the, the EP. And so, yeah, I think all of the songs really just uh, speak to the faithfulness of God. And like like in these last couple of years where I've had to like actually ask the question, um, do I still believe? Not necessarily do I still believe in God, but do I still believe in his faithfulness? You know, do I still right. believe that he's good? Like that. And, and these songs are just reminders um, to myself that he is indeed good, that he is indeed a um, savior. Um, and, uh, and, and, he, and he moves. He's oh, that's it? You heard it moving, here first. Doing a new thing and um, just kind of recognizing that I need to reset my focus on how good he really is.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that that'll, that'll be the experience that people have in listening to the songs as well. John, thank you. I think I got more out of you than you wanted to, um, but thank you. Um, looking forward to the full album because then we can have you back on the show. We can talk more about it and play some of the, some of the songs. Um, thank you so much. Congratulations on the marriage and uh, it's good to see you, my friend.
5: Thank you, thank you Deacon. So good to be here.
0: You can find out more about John Finch, find out how to listen to his music or book him for your next event at his website, johnfinchmusic.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or you want to listen to it again, just head to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now to take us out is John Finch with his new single, I Will Give Thanks. When I
2: was in shackles, you found me when I was a sinner you saved me You called me friend You gave me a chance to start again I know this is part of my story I know you're still writing it for me And grace upon grace Great is your faithfulness I will give thanks, I will give thanks Thanks be to God for your goodness I will give thanks, I will give thanks Your mercies are new, new every morning fills my lungs and all that's within me
0: We're listening to John Finch with his new single, I Will Give Thanks, and that will take us to the end of the program today. Remember that if you missed any part of this program, you can find our show at esolmedia.org podcast. You can also get the Salt and Light Hour wherever you get your podcasts. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be reconnecting with Chris Bray and meeting Canadian singer-songwriter Andy Carey. And we'll also be continuing our mini-series, Indigenous Voices, as the Canadian Catholic Church works toward healing and reconciliation. So I hope that you can tune in for all our episodes in the next couple of weeks. I pray that you stay safe, pray for each other and take care of each other, and continue praying for peace in Ukraine, and continue having a blessed Easter season. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.